My name is Bonnie Landry. I'd like to welcome you to my podcast with my co-hosts, Elizabeth and Christina, where we explore the questions about homeschooling and family life and how we can make joy normal. Veritas is a company that provides a weekly current events study program designed for both homeschooling families and to be used in the classroom. Your child can study independently or you can work together as a family to study current events. One of the greatest hopes we have for our children is that they remain in Christ. It can also be one of the greatest challenges. It's crucial to prepare children to understand the major issues that are going on in the world from a Christian perspective, and we shouldn't shy away from those as parents. Veritas Current Events seeks to provide parents with the tools that they need to be able to study current events with their family. Veritas shines a light on these issues from within the faith. They offer a weekly curriculum service, which includes a lesson plan, a backgrounder, and a teacher's guide. Right now, Veritas is offering coupon code FOUNTAINS, F-O-U-N-T-A-I-N-S, for a first month free, so that you can actually just get in there and see what it's like. Their website is veritascurrentevents.com, V-E-R-I-T-A-S, currentevents.com. I think it's a fantastic thing. I wish it had been around when I had all my kids at home. Take a look at Veritas Current Events. I appreciate Veritas's support of this podcast. Please enjoy their product. my listeners and good afternoon and welcome to my guest today, Greta Eskridge. Thank you for joining us, Greta. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Me too. So Greta is a second generation homeschool mom with four children of her own. Uh, she's also a writer and I have her here today so that we can talk about her books, uh, especially the, the most recent one. I think that she will really resonate with you, my listeners, because one of her desires to, is to help parents create connection in, in, with their kids in a disconnected world and to encourage them to live, live your life as a beautiful adventure that it really is. And it seems like that's something you've really accomplished in your own life. Would you like to share a little bit more about your family with us so we know who you are? Sure. Um, well, like you said, uh, I am a second-generation homeschooler, so I loved being homeschooled so much myself that once my husband and I started having kids, um, we decided, even before kids, that we would homeschool them. So I went from being homeschooled to being a public school, high, um, high school English teacher, to then homeschooling again when we started having kids. So my oldest is actually he turns 18 this month and wow. is getting ready to graduate. So I'll be graduating my first homeschooler. There's three wow. more behind them, <laughs> behind him. And yeah, so, yeah, so we've been good. homeschooling the whole time. And um, I've been writing really since I was a little girl, but just in the last um, few years have written two books fit that in, in between homeschooling and being a mom and all the other things that are going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy life, hey. I know I was pregnant with my sixth when I wrote my fir first book, and it was like, what? What am I thinking here? <laughs> but I just, yeah. I don't know, it just burned in me to do it, right? I had to do it. So I have my three eldest daughters are married, and now uh, two of them are officially homeschooling, and one of them is is uh, her mm -hmm. her youngest is three, so she's she's looking to that for her future. So they have this. What I see as a as a real advantage of being a second generation homeschooler. So that's kind of where I wanted to start with you. What do you feel like the big advantages are of being a second gen 
homeschooler? Oh gosh, I think I just want to say first of all, what an amazing tribute to you that your daughters wanted to do the same thing. Because I, I mean that I would say the same thing about my mom. Like she um she gave me the confidence to pursue homeschooling. And I would say that is the biggest advantage is that um mm-hmm. I can look at her, somebody who did not have a college degree. She had a high school education. She did not feel, you know, exceedingly qualified for the job. She was embarking in new territory at a time when very few people were homeschooling, but she believed that it was the best option for her kids. And so she went for it. She went for it despite times where she felt inadequate and, you know, that she didn't have all the resources available and all of those fears that every homeschooling mom has. And so seeing her persevere and seeing her um, Mm -hmm. decide that this was the path um, despite obstacles and remembering times where she would, you know, get freaked out and say, oh my gosh, are we doing the right thing? I mean, I distinctly remember that in the high school years, but still saying, okay, yes, we are. And that all of those things have given me the confidence to say, I can do this too. And they're just, there's this, this is a relaxation that comes because I'm like, hey, I turned out okay. <laughs> my kids are going to turn out okay too. It's going to be okay. Yeah, that's what I would say with my daughters. They just seem so relaxed about homeschooling. And, you know, it's lovely to see that if I could have passed, if I could have desired to pass anything on to them was to be just relaxed about education, make it a beautiful experience instead of a stressed out experience, you know, because that was my, my goal was to make this something beautiful. So, so yeah, that's lovely. So I'm, I'm glad to, uh, to hear that that's a really positive thing for you because, you know, I think, I think that it does say something, you know, I never said, I never harped on them, you know, you should be homeschooling or, Mm -hmm. or whatever. I just, they have to make their own decisions. They're their own parents. And, you know, but what a lovely thing to see them pick that up. Yeah. I would say one other thing in addition to feeling confident is also the, um, the importance of pursuing relationship. Because mm-hmm. when I look back at homeschooling, I don't remember specific lessons I did with my mom. I don't remember, remember like, oh, I learned this math fact and this period of history. What I remember is I remember the books we read together because those were very mm-hmm. relational. We sat on the couch together. She read aloud. We connected mm-hmm. through the characters. And then I remember the other relational things we did, like getting up in the morning. Often I would get in the mor- up in the morning and get in bed with her and she'd read the paper and I'd read the, <laughs> the, the comics and we'd drink a cup of tea. I remember driving to our math tutor or um, you know, our park days where we met with other homeschoolers, like the relationship aspect of homeschooling is what I have carried with me to this day. And, and that is so valuable. And so it's really spurred me on to pursue that with my kids and to make that a priority above all else. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're not working from a, rela- a relational foundation, you know, it's destined to be a bad experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, it sounds like your your homeschool experience is very similar to ours and the, and the, the homeschool experience you grew up in as well, which is lovely. So 
I wanted to, first of all, sort of dive into 100 Days of Adventure because it was a beautiful book. And I would just like you to just sort of explain to our listeners what it's all about. Okay. I'd love to. Um, so <laughs> the idea of the book is, as the title implies, 100 Different Adventures. And what I did was um, I divided them up seasonally. So there's 25 adventures for every season because that felt less overwhelming to me. It was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I needed I needed some kind of structure. But also I thought, I love the idea of um, thinking, okay, I can't do a hundred adventures in one season, but I could pick from 25 and pick a few that work, mm -hmm. then be able to keep coming back to the book for inspiration. Those, that's so fun to be able to give your kids a book and say, here are a whole bunch of different ideas of things that you could do, um, that are in nature or through books or through art or cooking or cultural experiences, travel, all kinds yeah. of inspiration to be adventurous. But um, that's just like the surface level of the book. My my desire was actually to dive deeper and to provide a place for parents and kids to connect through adventure. So I always say adventure is the vehicle, but connection is the destination. Connection is the goal. I just thought, wow, when I was eight or 10 years yeah. old, I wanted to be adventurous, but I wanted to to experience it not just on my own, but with the people that I love, whether that's my family or my friends. And so yeah. the adventures in this yes. book are designed to cultivate connection, um, to cultivate connection with the world. Because I think, like you said earlier, Beautiful. we're living in a disconnected world, right? So to cultivate connection for kids to it, connect with nature, connect mm -hmm. with books, connect with with other people, their family and their friends. It's all about cultivating connection. Absolutely. Oh, that's a beautiful goal. Uh, what I really loved about the book was that it's clearly written with the family in mind. Not It's not like, here's a list for you parents to impose these adventures on your children. It's an adventure in itself to open up the book and see, you know, the, it just the, the illustrations are beautiful. The ideas are beautiful. It's it's obviously meant to capture, right, the children and the parents. And, oh, this looks like something really fun that we could do, right? And, you know, it's interesting because I think that there's a a genuine, and this is nobody's fault. I think it's actually a product of our society, our school system, uh, various other factors. But I think there's a distinctive lack of creativity in our culture. And I've talked about this before on my podcast that people just don't have the ideas. And I feel I get a lot of feedback on this podcast about that. It's like, oh, I just never thought of that. And I think that by and large, the school system uh, does tend to be creativity out of people. So it's not that they're not a creative person. It's that creativity has not been allowed to foster in the lifestyle that they grew up with, right? And so to have something like this, it, it's a great jumping off place, you know, and then decide on your own kinds of adventures that that use the same sort of basis or template. Yeah, you're, you know, you're right. And I think part of that is, I mean, there's so many reasons why I think part of it is because creativity is messy, right? Like it, it takes time, yeah. it takes effort, it takes being willing to to have a literal mess in your house or your backyard or your car or whatever. Yeah. It, it also takes yeah. time, like you're, you're gonna have to invest the time in that it takes to be creative. But I also think like, like as a culture that's becoming more and more um, 
of a consumer as far as like consuming technology, we are more willing because it's easier to consume than it is to create. And so we consume other people's, you know, 15 second videos on TikTok and you can spend two hours doing that because it's just, it's so easy, right? It's like 15 seconds. Oh, I'll watch another one. Oh, I'll watch another one. And then two hours have gone by and you've consumed and not created a thing because it's easier. It's easier to consume than to create. And I have, um, I mean, I have to catch myself not doing that. And I know my kids do too because it's just easier and we, I want to have a creative life yeah. and I want my children to have a creative life, even if that yeah. means, yes, it's, it's messy. It's time consuming. It's inconvenient, but wow, what a difference if we can give that to them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, our kids catch whatever we give them, you know, they catch that and, and they will catch watching mm-hmm. TikTok for two hours from us if that's how we spend our time right that will be normal and even feel right Mm -hmm. that that's what we do where they will also catch our passion for whatever like my Mm -hmm. parents were very passionate people passionate about different stuff than i was for sure than i am but uh but that i caught their passion anyways right and i think that that's such a that's one of the biggest gifts we can give our children is is passion for for living a life that feels full and beautiful and joyful. Yes, that's. I love that you said that the passions can be different because yeah. it's not like we don't, our kids don't have to share our exact same passions, but we just yeah. want them to be passionate about things. And just last mm-hmm. night I was talking to my husband because um, our, our second son came home at 1030 at night from a program he's involved in search and rescue. And he was, he was learning how to repel out of like a six story building and go into a pitch dark house and, um, take a fire hose in and crawl on his hands and knees and rescue a person. I am not built for that. (laughs) Like I love adventure, but that is like too adventurous for me. Um, but he's passionate about it. And, and I just said, how wonderful this is what I dreamt of when I decided to homeschool my kids, that they would be passionate learners and that that would grow into a passionate life. And it doesn't have to be the same passion as me. I just want them to be passionate about learning and being connected to this incredible world and the incredible people that live in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a funny thing. My son is actually just preparing to drive across the country mm-hmm. by himself, you know, and, and like, again, that wouldn't be, he's so excited about it. And I, I just would not be there, you know, like, <laughs> I think, well, you know, he's 22, he can do what he wants. He's a grown up. But it would be so not my adventure to do that. And and here he is, you know, doing this wacky, you know, wacky idea, right? And well, okay. <laughs> I love it. I guess I know. It's amazing. So what, I, I just wanted to sort of try and get inside your head, I guess. What inspired you to do this? I mean, you have this goal. This is a beautiful quote, adventure is a vehicle, uh, but connection is the goal. It's a beautiful quote. But in terms of why now in the busy of home, busy life of a homeschool mom, what was the impetus to write the book at this moment in time? Well, 
It actually stems from my first book because my first book is called Adventuring Together and it's all about creating connections with your kids through adventure. And that book is directed to parents and it was really an invitation to parents to, to put aside all the things that distract us and keep us busy Mm -hmm. and to be intentional about connecting with their kids. Um, and the reason I chose adventure is because, uh, Obviously, it's something that I care about. It excites me. And I think if we want to mm-hmm. create something that is as meaningful as deep relationship and connection, we have to be excited about it. But I think adventure is a really powerful tool for connecting because it gets us out of our everyday routine. And it sort of makes us like look up and be like, oh, wow. The world is here. Um, I'm excited about it. I want to experience it with you. When we're in our routines, and routines are important, they're valuable, but sometimes we can get stuck in the routine. So we have to shake, shake it up sometimes and step outside of the routine. And when we do that, um, we are more likely to create meaningful connections because we're experiencing something new together. And that's an incredibly um, relational experience and connecting experience. The reason I, I know this to be true is because it's happened in my own life. When my kids were little, I had a five, three and one year old, and I was just in the trenches of motherhood with little ones and I, I felt sort of lost in my routines and um, feeling like I was focused more on the to-do list and the schedule than on connecting with my kids. And I realized I need to step out of that occasionally, regularly, actually, <laughs> to connect with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I started intentionally choosing one day a week to adventure with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I made it part of our homeschool experience. And then what started when my oldest was five, I've carried through till now. My son's 18 and every week we adventure together. Not grand adventures. We're not like climbing glaciers in Iceland. We're just going on local hikes and visiting museums and taking classes together. But those intentional connections (laughs) have created a place for us to um, make really meaningful connections and cultivate relationship over the years. Beautiful. That actually is a great uh, segue into my next question. I was going to ask if you would share two or three of the kind of adventures in your book, because I, I, I don't want parents to think, oh, I, I'm just not up to overnight hiking or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like because the, the types of adventures you have is a big range of sort of commitment, yes. time, uh, energy, money, you know, so it would be, it would yes. be good for, if you mind sharing a couple of the things that you think are the uh, great ones for parents to take a step inside your book. Yes. Uh, I think it's really, you brought up a really valid point that, um, we're all at different levels as far as adventuring, right? Some people are really comfortable like, Hey, I can go for a, you know, an overnight backpacking trip and I can pee in the woods and cook on an open fire. And I'm fine with that. And other people are like, there is no way if there's not a bathroom nearby um, and a comfy bed, I'm out. So yeah. I always say, start where you're at. Um, start where you're at. It's okay to start small, but then push yourself a tiny bit outside of your comfort zone. And so I would say to start where you're at, um, something that might be really good is to just um, find a nature center 
near where you live and take a hike there because a nature center has marked trails and docents and bathrooms. And, um, Mm. it's a great place to start your adventure being outdoors and hiking. If that's not something that's part of your family culture and it feels Mm. safe, but it's also going to push you. It's a little more, um, adventure than just taking a walk in the park. And most towns have nature centers, right? And then as you begin to experience more, um, you can then venture into something like, um, uh, like trails that are not at a nature center and you're going to have to learn to like look at a trail map and maybe use a porta potty instead of a regular bathroom. Right. And you just keep pushing yourself. And before you know it, you know, maybe in six months, maybe in two years, you're ready to visit like a wilderness center and hike where it's even more um, exposed and there might not even be a bathroom at all. (laughs) but you just keep, you start small and yeah. Yeah. And then there's other things like one of my favorite activities in the book, a hundred days of adventure is teaching kids to forage for food and to learn how to like actually use food that's available out in nature. And of course you do it safely, but you don't say, Oh, that's impossible. We can't touch anything because it's all dangerous and we don't know what anything is. Instead say, let's learn the things that are safe for us to, to use or to touch or to smell or to taste. And so I have a recipe in there for, um, stinging nettle pesto. We've, we've actually harvested stinging nettles before you wear gloves and, um, you don't touch it because it'll sting for a little bit, but we've also learned that if it does sting us, we are able to get through that, but then we, we dried it and we used it as tea and it's extremely good for you. (laughs) And also it's just like so cool to take this thing that Mm -hmm. you think is, you know, impossible to use and to actually, um, drink it. I have a recipe to use stinging nettle and to make it into a pesto that you could put on, you know, crusty loaf of bread or with your pasta. And that's just like, to me, I just think that's going to make such an impression on kids to think I could make something out of food, plants that I found out in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And, you know, often just in our backyard or in our neighborhood, we can find those sorts yes. of things. You know, you go to an old parking lot and you'll find blackberries or right. dandelion <laughs> greens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot. So yeah. So that, like, that's like a, a, a different level. Like some people are like, Oh, I couldn't go pick, you know, stinging nettles. I don't even know what they look like, but it's a process. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you would start by getting some field guides and learning what kind of plants are edible in the part of the country where you live. And then you'd start looking for those when you go out on walks. And then eventually you're like, okay, we're going to try this. And so it's incremental. You start small, you start where you are and then you grow. Beautiful. Okay. So what, what might be an adventure for somebody who lives in a city? right? Because, you know, different experience. It's hard to get out of the city. What would be a city adventure that might be valuable? Well, we live in, I live in Southern California and I live in um, close to LA. So a lot of our activities, um, we drive to nature because it's not right in our backyard. Like it's a distance or we go to the city and find adventures there. One of our favorites is to find um, different parts of the city that are like um, a cultural 
area. So to find either like um, a place that's like a food hall that showcases foods and restaurants from all over the world and getting to like have like a mini like trip around the world through food. It's so fun. And to like look at the spices that are for sale and different kinds of food that you think, oh, I don't know if I could ever try that, like a big bin of like dried crickets or, you know, um, (laughs) shrimp and dried prawns. And and your kids are like, oh my gosh, we just saw those at the tide tide pools yesterday. What? We were supposed to eat these? But, you know, not just going with what's (laughs) safe, but just looking, smelling, and eventually even tasting some new things. I think that's such a great way for kids to um, adventure and experience the world. Because maybe you can't, like our family of of six, like we can't afford, um, it's not in our budget to fly to these different places around the world, but we can still have a little um, taste of the experience right. by visiting these different cultural parts of cities near us. Absolutely. And sometimes some cities offer like, um, uh, food fairs, mm-hmm. you know, so for a week long, they'll set up stalls. There's a city near us, Victoria, that, uh, has a, as a international food fair, um, once a year, you know, and, and so that's a really neat thing. Even going to a food truck, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really? Yeah. Cause there's the ethnic food trucks, right? That's something yes. we could do. Let's go for lunch. And, uh, yeah. And imagine museums too. That sort of thing yes. is, is, uh, good, valuable city experience. We live rurally, so that's not very available to us. We have to make an effort to go yeah. to a museum, right? So you're like yeah. the opposite of us. We have museums mm-hmm. and these like cultural destinations near, and then we have to make more of an effort to get out in nature. But I think I think that's a really good point because we tend to think adventure is only outdoors, like out in the wilderness. But mm-hmm. I really tried to say adventures are, there are so many different kinds of adventures. Your adventure could take place in your kitchen, cooking um, different foods. Your adventures can take place in a book. I mean, growing up, my mom had physical limitations that didn't allow her to ever take us on hikes or mm-hmm. out, you know, on a backpacking trip. I never did that with my mom, but we adventured through books and we had tremendous adventures in that way. So we need to expand our definition of adventure to say there are lots of different kinds available to all different kinds of people and, and then jump into those through art, through books, through creativity. Um, there's just so many different ways to, to take an adventure. Absolutely. You know, something we used to do every couple of months, we would take our kids out. We couldn't really afford to go out for dinner when the kids were young. You know, that wasn't, a, um, you know, wasn't really available to us much, but uh, we would take them out to a coffee shop mm-hmm. and go for tea, you know, just go for tea and a, and a snack or whatever. And the beautiful part of it was it was an opportunity to sort of like talk about kind of restaurant manners and, and, you know, using a public washroom in a safe environment, go off on your own. Cause I'm right here. I can see the mm-hmm. door from here or whatever, just an opportunity to kind of teach and share and connect uh, without having to spend, you know, a hundred bucks on going out for dinner, you know, we can spend 20 bucks on going out for tea, right? Right. And I mean, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. Let's, you know, go out for tea and, yes. and we're going to get dressed up a little bit. And, you know, it was just, uh, but a very easy way to have an adventure, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to start where you are. And I think comparison is a real issue in our world right now because we see so many other people's lives on social media, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, 
the temptation is to fall into this trap of comparison and be like, oh, well, everybody else is doing something so much bigger and grander than I am able to do. So therefore, my adventures don't count. And like you said, going to tea with your kids, if that's where you are, that's your adventure. And your kids aren't judging it, right? They're, yeah. they're excited about what you're doing with them and Whatever what you're presenting doing. to yeah. them. And, um, that's, that's all you need to concern yourself with, not with what everybody else is doing, but with yeah. what you're doing with your family right now. Um, enjoy where you're at and make the most exactly. of where you're at. Yeah. Don't stress yourself out about an adventure. And I always think that there's, there's very much seasons for things. Mm -hmm. You know, when our kids were young, when we only had young kids and we had a lot of kids at home, you know, the, like going on a big trip, say, was, was not really viable for mm -hmm. us, both financially and also just uh, having babies and right. packing them on trips and things like that. And, you know, our adventures were much smaller and more local. Mm -hmm. As yes. our kids got older, we had some started to leave home. And, you know, the last few years, we've been able to do, you know, we've been able to go to Europe. We've been able to take four or five week road trips and things like that, that I wouldn't have done when I only had small children. And so, you know, and then, then the budget has allowed for that mm -hmm. as well, right? So, you know, what a beautiful thing to be able to just respect the seasons of your yeah. life and, and take adventure where it is, you know, like you say, wherever you're at, take adventure, but push yourself a little. You know, that's a great phrase yeah. for people. Push yourself just a little. You have on your website, start an adventure club and start a book club. I'm I'm a big advocate of starting things because I just think we just need to grab an idea and just go, right? That's that's good. Uh, so talk, can we, you tell us about start an adventure club and start a book club? I'd like to just sort of yes. chat about those couple of things. Yeah, well, the adventure club is something that I did start like I said, uh, about 13 years ago with a few friends, um, because we wanted to, we wanted to connect with our kids in a meaningful way. Um, and also be with one another. We were all homeschool moms with multiple kids under the age of five, and we were starting our homeschool journey. So we knew we needed a support system. We needed moms, fellow moms to be with and our kids to be together but we didn't want to just like go to the park every week. We wanted it to be something more intentional, um, but also kind of more free. So that that's kind of where this idea of adventuring was born and making it part of our school week, using it to be like a, an avenue to study nature, um, to learn poetry together, to do a book club together, read books together. So it was going to be a tool for learning. It was going to be a tool for connecting. It was going to be a tool for relationships between moms and kids, moms and moms and kids and kids. So we, we just stuck with it. Mm. And every week we just go out and um, we go to all different sorts of places and we adventure together and learn together there's lots of different ways to create an adventure club. You don't have to be a homeschooler to do it. It doesn't have to be connected to homeschooling. That's the way we've done it. In my my first book, I talk about an adventure club and in 100 Days of Adventure, I encourage kids to start that because when I was a kid, I loved clubs. I loved gathering my friends together. I mean, I wanted a seashell collecting club, a stamp club, an adventure club, like a book club. Yeah. I had all those clubs when I was a kid. 
So I think kids, kids love that. Like they love to gather their friends together and have like a purposeful time together, a reason to gather. It's not just sort of hanging out. Right. Right. And and that becomes more apparent as they get older too, you know, that sort of hanging out isn't necessarily even good for people. We always allowed a lot of time for play whenever we gathered for, Mm -hmm. for things, but there was always a purpose to the gathering. Yeah. And it's just, it, it gives us a direction. Again, it's that whole vehicle to get you to the ultimate destination of connection. And the book club is the Mm -hmm. same thing that grew out of our desire to have our kids um, connect to literature and then connect with each other through literature. Mm-hmm. And so we've designed a book club. We read four books together a year. So it's very doable. One each season, every family gets to choose a book. So, you know, you go through the rotation of families, everybody picking a book, right. um, designing the celebration. Cause that's a huge part of it. We gather, we eat, we dress up, we do activities and we discuss the book everybody pitches in a practical question do you actually read the book together as a group or does every person read a certain amount of chapters and then you gather everybody every family reads the book on their own and we okay. gather once we've all finished the book and then the okay, kids fine. all discuss the book together and it's fine. it used to be at the beginning it was led by the moms but now that we have teens in our group the teens usually lead the discussion for all the kids awesome. you know we've got four-year-olds to 18-year-olds, and they're all discussing right. together, which is really wonderful because the little kids, there's questions directed just at them, and they're so excited to answer, but they're also seeing their their older siblings and peers having, you know, meaningful discussions. And I just think it's mm-hmm. so great for them to interact with each other, like I said, to connect to, to the book, to connect to literature, but also connect to each other through literature. In, in the book, I have a kind of like just guidelines and ideas to help kids and parents set up their own book club. Right. Okay. So that's in one of your books. It's in both. It's in both. Okay, great. Because I love book clubs. I just think books are such an incredible way to connect with one another. Yeah, they really are. If you were to say, okay, how for, to another mother, you can do something, right? How would you encourage her to do something? Because anybody anywhere can do something. What is the something that you can offer? I think you you can offer um, yourself and the things that excite you. So like I said, for me, remembering at that time when my, um, you know, I had a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and I felt overwhelmed by the everyday duties of motherhood that sometimes felt monotonous and um, that I felt like I needed, I needed something that lit me up. And that was getting outside the confines of our home and our daily routine. Um, not every day because my kids were little and they needed the routine, right? But, yes, but one afternoon a week, we could tweak nap time a little and get outside and visit someplace new and maybe stop for an ice cream cone or pick wildflowers, like something that, that lit me up. And so I just think... As moms, we need to find what lights us up so that we can share that with our kids. That is going to, in turn, light them up. And it might not even be that they're excited about the same thing, 
but passion is contagious and they'll get excited about something that they'll see. So you're out on the trail and you're so excited about the wildflowers. Meanwhile, they've found an anthill and they're excited about that um, because that passion and excitement and joy is contagious. So Mm -hmm. find the thing that lights you up, share it with their kid, your kids, and then see Mm -hmm. how the passion spreads and the excitement spreads and you'll find out what they're excited about and um, you guys will grow together. For those moms, and I address this particularly to moms who live in areas that are wet or cold. I live on Vancouver Island, so, you know, winter's wet here. And, uh, <laughs> but for lots of places in Canada yes. and the U.S., you know, winters are long. You know, somebody will out there will knit or crochet or sew or uh, do crafts mm. or paint or whatever. Yes. And, you know, what a great thing to do to to give your kids exposure, even if they're not artistic or not drawn to it. It's just exciting seeing it come to life, you know, watching somebody draw or paint or crochet or whatever, you know, and there's so there's lots of indoor adventures, I think that for people with inclement weather winters (laughs) can still do, right? Yeah, I mean, my daughter, right, my daughter is an artist, I have my husband's an artist and multiple kids that are artists, but my daughter is um, really good at multiple kinds of art like she learns you know she's like I want to sew something I want to paint something I want to I want to learn to knit whatever it is and she's willing to try it and then I have another son who loves to bake being open to connecting through those kinds of things that you can do indoors no matter the weather I mean here in the summer it's sometimes it's so hot we don't hike in the summer what can we do that is creative and connecting um, so that we're creating not consuming um, because the temptation is oh there's just nothing to do might as well play a video game but instead what can we do that's that's creating and connecting. My daughter Lily helped me with the, um, those parts of the book because, um, I am not a visual visual artist or, um, an artist that, that can knit or sew. I create with words. And so she's like, mom, you need more art in here, more craft activities. And she really helped me with those. And for some people that I'm not crafty either. And, and for some people that is really a way connect. I noticed that with my oldest three are all girls. And that was really how they connected as they got a little bit older was mm-hmm. I would just put a big boatload of craft supplies on the table and they would just yes. do stuff with it. It wasn't my game. I would, you know, yes. hang out with them and, and whatever, but I, you know, I wasn't creative in that way. It was so mm-hmm. cool to see them connect with each other on that level, right? Yeah. I think that's a that's a wonderful thing too to let your kid lead in the adventure. That's something that I talked mm-hmm. about in my first book Adventuring Together is that it's really valuable to give your kids the opportunity to take charge and to let especially as they get older to lead you and to say, Hey, I want to try this new thing, or I want to teach you how to do this thing and to be willing to learn or to try it with them and let them be the teacher and you be the learner to step into their shoes and to remember what it's like to be uncomfortable and to be new at something and to be not good at it. That That's That's really good for parents to do and to remember. And it's good good. for the kids to say, let me teach you. Let me show you. That role reversal is really powerful and really connecting. And you never know. You might find something that you're like, oh, I didn't think I could do that. Or I wouldn't have chosen to do this. And and they push you. And lo and behold, you're doing something that uh, you didn't think you could. 
Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. You know, just just prior to COVID, my husband was sort of winding down. He's just retired. Just prior to to the pandemic hitting, we had decided that as he has more free time and I have more free time, that we would start uh, just going to the rec guide and we would take turns picking something mm. for each other, right? Oh. That we would, okay, let's do, let's go listen to, uh, do a bird song lecture with this, you know, bird watching mm. group. Let's go try a golf lesson or whatever. And we, we are just going back to starting that now because everything's shut down, of course, for a couple of years. Yeah. But, you know, it's something that you carry forward into your life, like that sense of adventure, that sense of connecting through doing things. You know, and we thought, well, isn't retirement such a great time for uh, for us to be doing that with each other? Yeah, that's such a great idea. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I wanted, I'm going to copy you and do that with my husband. Oh, yeah. I think that's so fun. Yeah, well, I think I think it's uh, just a really neat way. And, you know, I mean, I I don't, you know, this, I don't think would be an issue for us, because we've all been very connected to each other Mm -hmm. for people who aren't used to spending a lot of time together talking Mm -hmm. about your next adventure and what you're going to do. And the idea was we choose and the person who's not the chooser that time just agrees to do whatever, right? (laughs) I just step out of my zone, right? That's so great. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? Yes. Yeah. It is. I'm gonna I'm gonna end off with actually asking you for two pieces of advice for my listeners. So so the first okay. one, just very generally, what what would you say is the best piece of advice you could give to somebody just starting out on the journey? They have small children in terms of the big picture of homeschooling. The second piece is regarding adventuring. What advice would you give about adventuring? So if you want to sort of address those two separately, that would be great. Yeah. Okay. So starting with a mom who's just beginning her homeschool journey, um, I would just say, um, take a moment to envision your uh, relationship with your kids when they're all done being schooled by you. And what do you want to have at that time? What do you want to, um, be able to hold on to and focus on the things that get you to that goal. And like I said, for me, that was relationship, maintaining a connection with my parents. So pursuing the things that would get me to that goal. I think it's important to not just stay in um, the moment of homeschooling and to just think, what do I have to do today? But to really uh, try to approach, um, homeschooling as big picture. Like what do you want to have when you're all done homeschooling? You want to have connection. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have connection with my kids that lasted. And I think that would be the same for most parents. So that would be what I would Mm -hmm. say, um, is to not get lost in the minutia, but to remember if we don't finish the math lesson today, it's okay. Because in 25 years, um, if uh, they were, they never finished that one math lesson or even that one math book, it's going to be okay. You um, are still connected with one another. Your relationship is solid. And then for parents to seeking adventure, I would say um, again, that you want to pursue um, a relationship with your kids that has lots of place, lots of space built into it for making memories that last. And adventure is a great way to do that. And whether that's through, you know, reading books together, 
taking small uh, micro adventures like a backyard camping trip or cooking dinner over the fire in the backyard to something bigger like, you know, a, an actual backpacking trip one night um, outdoors, sleeping in a little tent, um, carrying everything with you on your back. But you're, it's all about making memories because those are going to, um, connect you through the years. Um, even after they grow up and go away, you'll have those things to hold on to that will bring you back together. Thank you so much. This has been such a beautiful conversation. (laughs) I want to meet you in real life now. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I bet we'd have a great time going, watching birds together. (laughs) And (laughs) is your book out now? My book comes out my book has actually had a little adventure. It was um, out on a boat in the middle of the ocean for quite a while. So it, um, it just no. came to land and um, it, it will release on May 3rd. Okay, beautiful. So this episode will actually air just after that. So the book will be available to our listeners. So that's wonderful. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me. What a gift. Thank you for having me. Okay. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye. Bye.